Hey all, welcome to episode one of the Finding Forever podcast, where we slice the Bible down into bite-sized pieces. And now, your host, Bobby Gentry Goodman. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bobby Gentry Goodwin of Finding Forever Beginning Bible Study. Thank you for tuning in today, and don't forget to hit subscribe. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome. Um, you know, I hope you're joining me with a smile on your face and enjoying your heart. Let's start it with the word of the Lord. Uh, so let's just jump into this thing and start it off with the word of the Lord, because he has a word for you tonight. He really does. And I really want to share this with you. I'm excited to share what the Lord shared with me tonight. Um, you know, I have been returning texts and calls all. And so I just been calling people back and texting them all back. But tonight, someone else is calling. And I pray that you don't miss this call. This is not one of those calls that you want to put on hold or send right to voicemail. This is a call that you do not want to ignore. And this is a call that he, our heavenly father, wants you to take. So I want to just share with you, um, he's not just calling anybody, okay? He's not just calling anybody. He's calling you. He's not calling anybody right? You know, sometimes years ago, we would call and get the wrong number and, uh, you know, or people would call us and we would star 69 and back and do all this stuff because the call wasn't for us. But this call tonight is for you. Yes, you. Not just me. Yes, you. So praise God with me because that's a call you want to take. He is calling you. The Lord is on the line and he's calling your name. I just was listening to my husband play a song. He knows my name. Thank you, Jesus, that he knows my name and he knows your name too. But the big question is, will you answer? Will you answer the call tonight? So, you know, let's take a look in the Bible at someone who got the Lord's call. You know, it was many people who got the Lord's call. Some people didn't answer, but some people did. So let's let's just take a look at some words tonight that, that was left with us in the Bible about the Lord's calling. Let's look at just what can happen when the Lord calls your name. Why don't you go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And I'm just going to read from the Message Bible. I'm coming from a new Bible tonight. I'm coming for the, from the Message Bible. So just bear with me. Usually I come from uh, the King James or the New King James, or uh, I love, love, love the Bible that I use. I use the Living Bible, the Amplified Bible, all these Bibles. But tonight we're coming from the Message Bible. And I'm just going to share this with you. First Samuel chapter three, verses one starts off like this. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. This was at a time when the revelation of God was rarely seen or heard. One night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad because he was old and he could hardly see. I added he was old, but we know he was old. It was well before dawn. The sanctuary lamp was still burning and Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God. 
where the chest of God resided. So this wasn't just any old house he was sleeping in, okay? This was a tabernacle, right? Uh, where the chest of God rested, the ark of God rested. Then God called out Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call, here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli again. Eli was the high priest. He said to Eli, I heard you call, here I am. Has that ever happened to you where your mama's calling and you you think your mama's calling you, run, mama, you call me and they didn't call you? That's what's happening here. But he really is being called. Again, Eli said, son, I didn't call you, go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. So this is before Samuel even knew God, but God was calling him. God called again Samuel the third time. He didn't just give up. He called the third time. Yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. And that's when it dawned on Eli, the high priest, that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. Go back and lay down. If the voice calls you again, say, speak, God. I am your servant, ready to listen. Samuel returned to his bed. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before. Exactly as before. Calling out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak. I am your servant, ready to listen. And God said to Samuel, listen carefully. I am getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. The time has come for me to bring down on Eli's family everything I've warned him of, every last word of it. I'm letting him know that the time is up. I'm bringing judgment on his family for good. He knew what was going on, that his sons were desecrating God's name and God's place. And he did nothing to stop them. So he knew, right? Eli knew what his sons was doing, but he did nothing to stop them. This is my sentence. This is God's sentence. This is my sentence on the family of Eli. The evil of Eli's family can never be wiped out by sacrifice or offering. Now, you know, a lot is going on in this text, right? But what a wonderful word this is. So I have to admit that First and Second Samuel is actually my favorite books of the Bible, pretty much almost my favorite books of the Bible. And I love this section so much because of a few reasons. This section starts off as an answer prayer. So if you read a little bit back, you'll find out about Hannah, who was Samuel's mom. And she was barren, couldn't have kids. And so she was so sad about that. I think she was depressed about it. But she ended up going to the temple and, and praying. And Eli, who was the high priest at that time, he thought she was drunk. He was like, look, lady, you got to go. Stop drinking. Get out of here. But she said, look, I'm not drunk. I'm just pouring out my heart before the Lord. I'm pouring out my heart before him. And it looks, she was pouring it out so much. It, she was pouring out her heart 
to, 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 to God for this child. So this section of the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 3 starts off with the answer prayer. See, Samuel is her answer prayer because Eli predicted something over her. He prophesied to her that the Lord was going to give her a son. And she was so grateful. She said, listen, if that happens, praise the Lord, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to give my son to the temple of the Lord for his service. So this is an answer prayer beginning right here. So I know right from the start, if you read a little back, that Samuel, who's being called by the Lord before he even really knew God, he had a praying mother. And that's a good word for me tonight because I'm a mother and I don't know if it's any mothers out there or aunties or grandmas, but if you are a praying mother, there might be some blessings down the line. And not only did Samuel have a praying mother, he had a praising mother. See, when she brought her son to him again, she poured out the Lord and praised to God for what God has given her. So we see her in two states. We see her really despondent, laying before the Lord, asking for a blessing. And when he delivered, the next time we see her in another state, she's praising. So Samuel, he had a praising mom. He had a praying mom, but he also had a mom that was devoted. So this is where some of us falter, right? We can be praising, we can be praying, but sometimes that devotion look a little bit funny. So, you know, let, that's a threefold recipe here to pray, to praise and be devoted. It doesn't say just to be devoted when you get the thing. It says to be devoted anyway, because what we know about Hannah, she delivered her blessing to the Lord. So don't, don't, don't forget that, that even though she wanted this for herself, she gave it back to God. Don't forget to give him your praise, your worship, but also give that thing right back to him. See, because down the line, there may, may be some other blessings. So, you know, that's a great way to start off this chapter three, that Samuel had a praising mother. He had a praying mother and a devoted mother. And guess what? Even though Samuel was not raised by his mother, she only had him for several years, the Bible says. Something happened. The favor of God that Hannah was able to garnish, the favor of God that was on Hannah to give her this son, it was also provided by Samuel. And that's provided to Samuel. Now, that's some good news for me as a mother, that when I praise, when I pray, when I stay devoted to the Lord, not only does he send some things for me down the line, but he might have some things for my children. Praise the Lord. He might have some blessings for my children. He might have some favor for my children. I thank you for joining me because tonight we're going to be devoted to him. Tonight, we're going to offer up some praise to him. And tonight, we're going to weave some prayers into the mix too. Because those three things can lead you somewhere. They can lead you right to the house of God. That's exactly where Hannah was led, right to the house of God. And that's where, where her son ended up. We'll be back after a quick break. Thanks again for joining us at Finding Forever. Are you learning or are you growing? Or are you simply walking away with more questions? We here at Finding Forever certainly hope so. And we want to continue to encourage you to dive into God's word. Visit us at bobbygentrygoodwin.com and sign up for the email list and you'll receive a free gift 
a copy of the study notes from tonight's lesson so you can dive into your own Bible study in your own home. May God bless you on your journey. And now back to the lesson. So when we pick up in chapter three, quite a few people was already stationed at the house of the Lord. See, Sam, Samuel, who was left at the house of the Lord with Eli to raise by his mother, he wasn't left there alone, you see. Eli was there, but there were some other people there too. Eli's sons was there too, Hopni and Phineas. They were there too. So Samuel wasn't all by himself, right? He was a child being raised in an environment with Eli in the, in the tabernacle, Eli and with his sons, Hopni and Phineas. And Eli, he was the high priest. He was a judge over Israel, one of the last judges, actually, for about 40 years. And that, that's the person who mentored Samuel. And he was a man of God. I mean, he has had that post for about 40 years. But he had some challenges. He had some. See, there were some challenges going on in the house of the Lord at that time. See, the high priest, he had some challenge. He had a very different public and private life. He had a very different public and private life. And that's true for some of us. Sometimes in public, we're praising and we're praying and we're holy and we're acting holy. But sometimes our private life can look a lot different. And that's exactly what happened with Eli. See, he acknowledged the sovereign will of God. Let's not mistake that. He acknowledged the sovereign will of God, but he failed to put it in action. And some of us is walking right in that lane. We know who God is and we know that he's sovereign. We know that he controls all things. You know, we know that who God is. But do we put it into action? See, Eli, he was the high priest. He had position, the high priest. But he failed to put the will of God first in his life. He failed to put God's will first when it came to his sons, Hophni and Phineas. See, if you read on in the chapter, you'll see he had a blind spot when it came to his children. He was in the Lord's service, but when it came down to it, he failed to serve the Lord. I'm going to say that again. He was in the Lord's service. But when it came down to it, he failed to serve the Lord. See, we also had in that house, Hopni and Phineas, these sons of Eli, they had positioned themselves in the house. They had, they had position, but guess what? They were in there for personal gain. They weren't worried about God or what God thought. They were too preoccupied with their come up. They were too preoccupied. See, being in the house of the Lord was their side hustle. See, they had some things that they wanted to get. So they knew that they can get those things in the house of the Lord. See, they just was all these people would come and, and come to worship God. And he, they was like, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of that for myself, you know, or they had some women coming up there and they was like, oh, they looking mighty right. But, you know, they're going to take that for themselves. So they were doing some things, even though they were in the house of the Lord. They have position, but they didn't have any providence. Now, I want to highlight this with you tonight and highlight it for myself. Don't you and I with position and no providence. 
See, we could be God's child, but we have some untapped anointing, no providence, see. We could be an usher, but we can't even usher into the spirit of the Lord. We can have be a minister, but have no ministry. See, I'm a Christian, but if I only go to church when I feel like it, I'm failing to serve the Lord. See, I'm a Christian, but if I fail to love my neighbor, I'm failing to serve the Lord. See, that's a little bit like Eli. He had position and he was in the Lord's service, but he was failing to fully serve God. If we read on in the text, we can see exactly where that leads for these people. You know, position means a place where someone or something is located, where they've been put. So we know being saved by the grace of God has put us into position. We have been put into position with Jesus Christ because we are saved, right? But providence is different. Providence is the protective care of God. We have that, but it also comes with a little power. Nature as a spiritual power. See, we can be walking around with God's name on us, but failing to use the power of the Lord to serve him. So in these upcoming days, and if you didn't see it in 2020, I hope you saw it in 2020, we gonna need some spiritual power. We can't just keep on walking like we're walking and talking like we're talking. We're going to need some spiritual power. See, we need power to tread upon the heads of scorpions. We need power to declare the, the word of the Lord in this dying world. We need power when we're sick. We need power when we don't have no money. We need power when we're hungry. We need power over our children. We need to, some power to declare the word of the Lord. We need some providence. See, so don't just be in position, be in providence. Don't just be in service, serve the Lord. So Samuel was different. See, he was in this environment. He was in this environment with wicked people. He was in this environment where people were serving idols. He was in this environment where people were picking and choosing what they wanted to do for the Lord. See, the boy Samuel served the Lord. You see that right in verse one. I read it already. The boy Samuel served the Lord. He wasn't just in the Lord's service. He served the Lord by assisting Eli. The boy served. He didn't provide a service. See, sometimes we can go in into churches and, and, and into places and we see them even at concerts. They have ushers. They're providing a service. That's different than serving the Lord. Anybody could provide a service. Anybody could provide a service. Customer service. Serve God with gladness, with joy in your heart, with, with uh, fire, with devotion, with praise, with prayer. Serve God. Don't just be in service. Serve on God. See, Samuel was a servant. He was for serving God, not for man. We can glean something right there. See, because in verse one, it also says not only was he ser a servant, but also it says something that what was happening in the spiritual atmosphere at that time. See, when Samuel, even before he even knew the word of the Lord, before he had relationship with God, see, the high priest was there and so was his sons. But the word of the Lord was very rare. It was not just rare. It was very rare during that time. See, you see that in verse one. It states that, that the Lord, word of the Lord was very, and visions, 
that was given to young men, visions, right? Because you know, the Bible says that there will be visions and old men will dream dreams, but those things were quite uncommon. Now this not just happening anywhere. See, if you go back a little bit with what I read, this was happening at the tabernacle. This was where people came to serve God and see God and commune with God. This wasn't happening at just anywhere. It was happening at the tabernacle. The word of the Lord was very rare. Visions was uncommon. Even though there was a high priest, something was happening that was preventing the word of the Lord to come forth. But God was shaking things up. God was shaking things up. See, the tabernacle was a place of dwelling for God, a place for meeting, a place for revelation, a place for sacrifice and atonement. And if something is blocking that, if something is blocking that revelation, God said, guess what? This ain't working. I'm going to need to shake some things up. And that's exactly what he did with Samuel. Now, I want to say something. Things need to be shaken up. We need a word from, you know what? If you didn't get a word from the Lord in 2020, we need a word from the Lord. When we're down, when we're depressed, when we're anxious, when we're scared, when we're sick, we need a word from the Lord. Don't let a block happen. Don't let a block happen. Something had to shake things up so we can learn from the life of Samuel because Samuel was brought to shake things up. And despite Samuel being surrounded by wickedness, despite Samuel being surrounded by people that was disobedient, and despite Samuel being surrounded by a loosely governed people, God was brought to transition some things. He was using Samuel to transition the whole nation. Don't you want to transition tonight? You might not want to transition for the world. You might not want to transition for the nation. But I pray tonight, we weave in prayers in that you want to transition for yourself. You want to transition for your household. You want to transition for your children. You want to transition for the body of Christ. Isaiah 43 and 19 says, behold, I will do a new thing. Hallelujah. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. Listen, God says, even I will make a way in the wilderness as in rivers in the desert. When there's dry places, God will spring up some water. He could dig some wells and, and find water in dry places. But a key point of that verse, 43 and 19, is shall you not know it? Don't, don't skip over that. Shall you not know it? Because God could be wanting to do a new thing in you, a new thing in the body of Christ, a new thing in the nation, a new thing in your family. But shall you not know it? You better know, saints. You better know, saints. Because when he's transitioning, when things is happening, you better know it. 
See, it all started with a simple call. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel didn't know it. He went to the high priest and said, hey, are you calling me? And the high priest said, no. But see, this was the high priest where that was a little bit disconnected, you see. Samuel, Samuel, the Lord called, ready to transition, ready to do a new thing. But Samuel didn't know it. He went to Eli again. Are you calling me? The block. Eli, go lay back down. Go lay back down. Samuel, Samuel, the Lord had to call three times until the high priest finally was able to recognize that God was doing a new thing. The high priest had to wreck. God had to call him three times before the high priest had to recognize. Shall you not know it? Samuel, go back, lay back down. That's the Lord calling you. See, it was a simple call to a possibly a teenage boy. Will you recognize God's voice tonight? Shall you not know it? He thought the voice of the Lord was something else. When something is resonating in your spirit time after time after time, do you shoo it away? Shall you not know it? When the Lord is calling you, shall you not know it? But praise be to God that the Lord is gracious because he called Samuel again and again and again and again. He reached out his hand to Samuel once more. He tried to get his attention until Samuel finally did three things. Samuel responded. He responded. Speak. Your servant is listening. See, the one thing that Samuel did that we can learn from tonight, he said right away, he asked the Lord to speak again. So if the Lord has been resonating something in your heart and you shoot it away, ask him to speak it again. Ask him to speak it over you again so you won't miss it. Shall you not know it? He did another thing. He identified that he was the Lord's servant. Speak God, your servant. Your, he identified who he was. Not anybody is asking you to speak. Your servant is asking you to speak. Serve the Lord with gladness. Put thanksgiving in your heart. And when you go to him, let him know, Lord, I serve you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I'm here for your use. Lord, I'm here for your providence. And then he listened. Speak, your servant is listening. He listened for what God had to say. So I came to you tonight to share one thing. And guess what? The Lord is calling you. But it's up to you what you do next. Thank you for tuning in. I surely hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check me out on social media or stop by my webpage, bobbygentrygoodwin.com. And if you have a chance, pick up my new book, Revelation. It's available at all major retailers.